On the line with us is Martin Edwards, the author of The Life of Crime and, and the author of many, many books on crime, many histories on crime. You are all involved with crime, Martin. Uh, when did that start with you? Were, you? were you as a child? Were you uh, just distracted by all the, the bad things going on in life? Uh, no, I was. I, I, it did does go back to my my early days as a child, but uh, but it's a good thing. Uh, I, I would say, Steve, uh, when I was eight years old, I went to a film, uh, an Agatha Christie film, uh, Murder Most Foul. Not not the greatest film in the world, but uh, at that age, I loved it, and I was fascinated by the idea of the detective and the detective story. I went back home that night and uh, my grandmother was living with us at the time and she had some Agatha Christie paperbacks. So I picked one up off the shelf, The Murder at the Vicarage, and I was absolutely hooked. And really from that moment on, uh, the two things I wanted to do were to read lots and lots of crime fiction, starting with Agatha Christie, of course, and also to write it. And that was their also right at the start from that early age I, I had this very specific ambition to become a crime novelist and uh, uh, that was really what I, I wanted to do with, with my life so I'm, I'm very lucky that I've, I've been able to uh, uh, in the end uh, achieve that. I was going to say we're talking with Martin Edwards uh, the latest book is The Life of Crime which is which is that's a history, isn't it? Are you you kind yes, of account yes. for it's, it's nonfiction, uh, although I, I do uh, uh, approach the subject in a novelistic way, because, of course, there's there's an awful lot to say, an awful lot of crime novels, an awful lot of uh, uh, authors discussed in the book. It's a very big book about a quarter of a million words all told. And I think that it's really important for a book of that size and scale, which spans uh, uh, you know, a couple of hundred years and, and crosses the globe. I do think it's important for it to be accessible. So I've, I've tried to write it to some extent uh, by using novelistic techniques and telling a story as well as giving lots of information. And I do think that's uh, really an important ingredient of, of the whole book. Well, it's, it seems to have been received well. I've, I've seen reviews in the New York Times and Washington Post uh, both really applaud the the effort and the time and the effort. I, I thought it was a great comment by the Washington Post. It said, "You're going to uh, uh, send new readers back to old books." Which, <laughs> and you you yeah. can't accept a better compliment than that yeah. because well uh, well well abs absolutely and that's that's something I'm very keen to do. So so I've been really gratified by the reviews in in the states and and and. Uh, back home in the uk and uh, and so on so it's it's been really rewarding after all the years of actually putting the book together so you know we're talking with with martin edwards about the the whole idea of, of crime novels crime, crime stories mysteries however you want to define it uh, this is such a huge genre as you said there's it's no small undertaking to look at uh, you know just just to look at a few years of what's been yeah. written and what's out there because do you do you go and and you know you mentioned just a minute ago your first exposure was as an eight-year-old in a movie so what about all the movies and the tv shows and the radio shows do you consume all of that uh there are chapters in the life of crime which deal for instance specifically with crime radio plays uh there's also 
stage plays, Crime, Crime in the Theatre, that, that, right. that's a big topic. I left them it. out. Oh. Yeah, we've got to include them. Uh, and, and, and then films and TV tend to be mentioned throughout the text and, and in the end notes, because every, every chapter uh, has quite detailed end notes, which um, are intended to be quite discursive and to include a lot of trivia, fun stuff, but also give the uh, reader fresh leads, fresh clues, if you like, uh, about uh, interesting topics to explore and interesting books, where to start and, and that kind of thing. So uh, so there is uh, a lot of ground covered. True crime as well. Uh, uh, there's there's one whole chapter devoted to that as well as many notes. So can you so see I, have, that? I was going to say you've seen that. I'm sure it must be in the UK as well as here. That whole genre has exploded. I mean, the true crime thing. I, I think uh, through podcasts yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, that well, well, that's right. And and it's interesting, you know, many things come in fashions. Uh, and it's certainly true of crime fiction. And true crime has been in fashion, out of fashion, uh, in fashion, out of fashion. And now, as you rightly say, it's back in a, in a slightly different form with the podcasts and and to some extent TV. Uh, but but really, that's just a new way of of uh, telling the stories. The the, the form is uh, fresh uh, with the podcasts, but uh, but the the material is uh, is something that's been a topic of great interest not just to readers but to crime writers, crime novelists. So a lot of crime novelists over the years have been influenced by true crime when writing their, their fiction. Of course, yeah. Now, we've got Martin Edwards here. So this is a great opportunity to ask you all kinds of questions, um, which you may be either reticent to do or, or just not able to do because of this huge volume of stuff that you do. But I was going to say, favorite writer, favorite detective, where do you go with that question? Well, uh, I, I still have a very soft spot for Agatha Christie. I was a big fan of Ruth Rendell, the British uh, suspense novelist, before she died a few years ago. Favourite detective, probably Sherlock Holmes, I think, very difficult to beat. Pro probably the greatest uh, or most famous character in, in the whole of uh, English literature, I would say. So uh, so those would be right up there for me. But of course, I've got many, many different favourites. Right. And one thing I do believe is that just because I, I like Agatha Christie, it doesn't mean I can't like Michael Connolly or James Lee Burke or, or uh, uh, quite modern hard-boiled gritty or, or crime in translation, uh, uh, that kind of fiction. Uh, I, I've tried to get uh, the message across in the life of crime that it's a very, very broad genre that really does have something for everyone. Now, Martin, how about uh, the most, you know, and you, you're looking at folks that have written many books, books, or yeah. series, that sort of thing. Who, who do you feel maybe most overlooked? Maybe doesn't get the recognition they deserve, or, or maybe <laughs> well, will well, later. Well, well, well. One of the points uh, made in the life of crime, which talks a lot about the lives of crime writers, which is a subject of enormous interest to me. Uh, I've talked to many, many crime writers all over the world about the experience of the crime writing life, the ups and downs, and there are a lot of downs as 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 well. But in terms of overlooked authors, there are many of them. And in the, I'm the consultant to the British Library Crime Classics, and we've brought back many 
long forgotten authors, some people who've not been published, books that have been out of print for 70, 80 years. And that's been an amazing success. So that's very heartwarming. I think that one of the authors, the British authors of the past, I've been very keen to bring back is Anthony Barclay, uh, a very gifted detective novelist, but also uh, a suspense, a psychological suspense novelist who had one of his books adapted by Hitchcock into the film Suspicion. But the book is actually much darker than the film uh, hmm. and, and really is, a, I, I would say, a better book than Hitchcock made of the film. And I think Anthony Barclay, who also wrote under the name of Francis Isles, is, uh, is certainly one of my favourites. We're talking, we're talking with Martin Edwards, the, uh, the the author of the Life of Crime, a new book on on. I love the little subheading there. I saw this online: detecting the history of mysteries and their creators. You yeah. you kind of uh, delved, if if I can use that word, into this subject before in the in the golden age of murder, uh, which was uh, 2015, I believe. When that's you, when right. You that. That's right. Yeah. And and that was a book about the detection club. And, yes. and tell us if you would. Now, you're the president and archivist yeah. of the Detection Club. Yeah. Uh, give people an idea that maybe in this country aren't as familiar of that. What What is the Detection Club? Yeah. Well, the Detection Club was founded in 1930, and it's, it's the oldest social network for crime writers anywhere in the world. And it was founded by Anthony Barclay, the guy I just mentioned, along with people like Agatha Christie, Dorothy L. Sayers, uh, G.K. Chesterton. The creator of Father Brown was the first president. And it was simply a small social club because in those days, writers didn't really know each other. The crime writers uh, didn't have much contact. So Barclay's idea was to bring people together uh, in a social setting over a meal and a few drinks. And it remains uh, a smallish group. It's a bit bigger than it was then, but it's still relatively small. And there have been eight presidents, including Christian Sayers and, and, and now, now myself. So uh, so it's a great privilege and an honour to be following in their footsteps. And uh, um, it's still a very convivial uh, group. And um, we we have dinners in, in uh, nice restaurants and we, we try to fund them by publishing the occasional book. And uh, we brought out most recently a book called How Done It, which is uh, a, a book about the craft of crime writing. And all the living members, uh, 60 people, contributed, plus the estates of uh, some of the deceased members, like Christie and Sayers. Uh, and um, they all contributed their work for free to support the club. And I think that shows you that even though it's a very small uh, obscure little uh, group of people. It still uh, holds an important place in the affections of its members, ranging from uh, the late John le Carre, he contributed before his death, Val McDermott, Ian, Ian Rankin, Anne Cleves, uh, and many, many others. So, uh, so it's a lot of fun, uh, and uh, it's a great uh, pleasure to be part of it. We're talking with Martin Edwards, and, and in your book, and, and I want to remind folks that we're primarily talking about the life of crime, the new book. But I, I go back to the golden age of murder, where you kind of talk a lot about um, Agatha Christie and Dorothy Sayers. Now, Dorothy Sayers is a fascinating uh, person. Uh, yeah. you, you do a great job in, in sort of, if somebody is not familiar with her beyond being, oh, she's a famous author, uh, just her life is, is interesting. I, I, 
things about co- writing about Coleman's mustard and and uh, uh, Guinness. Uh, you know the, yes. the jobs she held aside from yeah. writing mysteries was fascinating. Now yeah. my question to you is: in my part of the world, uh, in Illinois, we have Wheaton College. That's yes. where Dorothy Sayers' archive is. How did it come to be there? At um, Wheaton College, did she go there? I I don't think she did. I'm I'm not sure about this, so I may be mistaken. But I think that after she died, she died quite suddenly in the late 1950s, mm. uh, and I think she I, I think probably her estate she she had a she had a son uh, who uh, uh, probably it was him, but it may have been uh, uh, other members of the family. But I I, I think they came to some sort of arrangement with Wheaton College. So the material is uh, is held there rather than <laughs> written. And there is a lot of material there. I've, I've seen the lists of the, I've never actually been to Wheaton College, but uh, I've seen the lists. I've had many uh, helpful communications with them. Uh, and um, uh, it must be fascinating to spend some time there. So uh, maybe one of these days I'll, I'll make it to, to Wheaton. Well, if you do, let us know because we want to, uh... Well, and perhaps meet you there or something, because that's, yeah, yeah, that's right in our that. backyard. Now, there's so many uh, great detective stories. Somebody listening to this might think, well, where do I start? If, if you know, they, they have their favorites, perhaps, or maybe they're new to the whole genre. Where do you send somebody that's maybe very young or wants to get into it? Where, where's a good starting point in your mind for this for this whole kind of concept of literature? Well, I, I think that talking to people of different ages around the world there's there's absolutely no doubt that whatever the background the the two writers who tend to be the most usual gateway uh, uh, authors tend to be Arthur Conan Doyle with Sherlock Holmes and Agatha Christie but of course there are many others and if that's not to your taste that kind of writing uh, if you like the idea of the private eyes, then of course there are great writers like Raymond Chandler, Dashiell Hammett, Ross MacDonald, and, and then the present day writers like uh, Dennis Lehane, uh, uh, James Lee Burke, and, and so on. So, so the the point that I, I mentioned before, I think again is relevant, is a very broad church crime writing and whatever your interest really whether you want something with a social message whether you want light escapism whether you want to delve into the darker recesses of uh, psychology of crime criminal motivation and so on uh, patricia highsmith will be a a good way in there if that's your taste or maybe margaret miller the canadian writer uh, so that there really is something for everyone. And the British Library Crime Classics, which I mentioned before, um, if you like the the older style of crime story, but you don't necessarily want to read another Agatha Christie again, uh, just at the moment, then there are lots of unfamiliar writers who've become very popular. And some of them, amazingly, are selling a lot more copies now through the British Library series than they ever did when they were alive, which I, I think is is quite astonishing, but it tells you something about the quality of the books, I think. Absolutely. One of the things that's uh, fascinating in, in uh, some of the history that you, you've uh, uh, detailed on, on mystery writers is you find out folks that you didn't know wrote mysteries, like the author of Winnie the Pooh. 
Hey, yeah. You've got yeah. him down. He, he didn't write a lot of mysteries, did he? No, he didn't. But um, his 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 novel, he only really wrote one novel that uh, properly counts as a detective story. It's called The Red House Mystery. It has been reprinted a few years ago. Uh, and it's good light entertainment, country house mystery with an amateur detective in the classic style. And it's hugely popular. And he was actually a founder member of the Detection Club, even though he'd only written one novel uh, and a few short stories and, and one play. But uh, he, he made his contribution to detective fiction history in a way. Absolutely. Well, it's just it's just so there's so much history there. Now, what do you do? I was going to ask you, you've got all this material, you're writing histories, you're writing novels, you're doing us. What is your, you know, what's a typical day for Martin Edwards? Do you spend seven hours reading or writing or what's what's your schedule like? Well, well, the great thing is I, I, I don't have a typical day, which is something <laughs> that's I good. Like. Yeah, I've, uh, for many years, I, I was a partner in a law firm. and I'm, I'm still still a partner. And, uh, I'm not a partner. I'm a consultant to a law firm so about an hour ago i was checking the uh, the emails from the clients and colleagues but uh, i only do that on a very part-time basis now and uh -huh. really I, I i may be writing a novel i may be working on non-fiction uh today i've been working on a short story for uh, for an anthology that uh, will be published in the states next year uh, a beatles uh, themed anthology and I've, I've spent a lot of time in Liverpool so I'm, I'm writing something set in the 1960s so uh, oh, great. I, I've recently finished a novel in my series uh, uh, set in the 1930s uh, so so it's quite a mixed picture and, and that really is what I like do you, do you find uh, you have time for reading because to consume oh, yeah. all the material that you you've detailed in the in the history books uh, how do you how do you do that? Well, uh, reading is is really important to me, and as I mentioned, I, I I became obsessed with reading crime fiction when I was eight years old, and I've never really stopped. So so I, I read it whenever I can. I've just come back from a short holiday in Italy when I I read three crime novels, and that was a very pleasurable way of passing the plane trip uh both ways so uh, so i'm reading all the time researching for the british library but but also because i enjoy it uh and and i read uh books from across the world and also a lot of contemporary fiction as well as the books of the past which i i still very much enjoy one last thing martin i wanted to ask you uh the pandemic which of course has has been uh, a global uh event if that's the yeah. softest word i can use for for what several years yeah do you see that be playing out maybe you have already noticed it uh as a as a setting for novels like mystery novels i mean where you play into the pandemic where life changed around the world of course more in some places than others but uh how do you see that is that is that are we going to be noticing that uh pandemic sort of popping up in literature well, I, I, I think it, it will pop up as a subject but, and, and as a reference point, but I, I think it will have a deeper influence than that, in my opinion, Steve. I think if you think back to 1919 and the so-called Spanish flu uh -huh. epidemic, uh, as well as the war, uh, and of course there's international uh, tension at the moment as well, um, I, I think that really that in many ways is the catalyst 
for the golden age of detective fiction because people wanted escapism. And I think we are already seeing a, a an increase of interest in what some people call cozy crime or what I would call a traditional mystery. And, and people are interested in books that uh, uh, may not be that cozy, actually, but, uh, but in one way or another have a fictional uh, unraveling of the uncertainties faced by the characters. And I think when we're facing great uncertainties in our own lives, as with the pandemic, then I think that fiction offers a safety valve and can be quite therapeutic and informative as well as enjoyable and entertaining. So, so that's my uh, perception of the principal impact of the pandemic. Martin Edwards, we thank you. The, the book is The Life of Crime. It's, it's a history of, as I said, of the, the mysteries and their creators detecting that. And, uh, of course, you look up uh, Martin Edwards on, online or at the library or wherever you want to go, bookstore, uh, you're going to find a lot of books. And uh, <laughs> we, 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 we will uh, probably have to get back to you, Martin, at some point and, and we'll find out how you're doing and what's the, you know, among your many projects, what's up next, because uh, it's fascinating and I know people will want to know more about it. Well, thanks very much, Steve. It's been great talking to you and your listeners. Take care now. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Yeah.